0: Yo, 50 years of hip-hop. 50 years of hip-hop from listener power, KEXP. Welcome to 50 Years of Hip-Hop, y'all. I'm Larry Mizell Jr. This week, our man Martin Douglas takes us back to 1999 with a deep dive into the career of the alchemist. Along the way, you'll also hear what you might call an experiment that Martin conducted, an experiment in beat-making that runs parallel to the alchemist himself. This is the story of one of the most
1: celebrated hip-hop producers of his generation. This is also a story about a hobbyist beatmaker losing inspiration and then trying to find it again. The primary subject of this episode is The Alchemist, a boardsmith with three decades of experience in rap. To a lesser degree, the story is about me too, someone who had dabbled in the musical aspects of hip-hop and how I ended up leaving it behind to focus on my primary artistic path. Writing Ultimately, this is a story about how I had an opportunity to learn from one of my favorite hip-hop producers to regain some motivation. Difference good. I like different. The Alchemist was born Alan Mayman in 1977 and raised in Beverly Hills, California. He didn't necessarily come from a musical family, but his living room held his parents' records and his grandmother's piano. Here's Mammon talking about his upbringing via the All Art Masterclass program. We had groups like Frank Sinatra,
2: ABBA, Sergio Mendes. It was a very interesting mix of records. There were some jazz records, some soul records. It was music around my household. Also in my house was a piano. And my grandma knew how to play piano and. uh, my mom got me piano lessons at an early age. Like reluctantly, I didn't want to. I didn't want to play the piano. It wasn't cool. I wanted to, you know, play sports, which we did also. But I learned. I knew how to play. Like Mary had a little lamb, just by finger. And I learned
1: a couple of things that kind of got my ear keen to music at an early age. During his upbringing in the '80s, rap was new. It was fresh, and it was still being developed all over the United States. And although he was a fan of rap music, Mammon didn't consider a life making rap music until one group burst onto the scene, the Beastie Boys.
2: Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rap and me.
1: Like many aspiring rappers, he started out reciting other people's verses, sometimes trying to pass them off as his own. From there, he started meeting like minded kids his age, like Michael Taylor Perretta. He's best known nowadays by his stage name, Evidence.
2: Y'all, people got good friends, and now I, I live my life right, Intense.
1: Mammon also met Scott Kahn, son of the actor James Kahn, best known for his Oscar winning portrayal of Don Corleone's eldest son, Sonny, in the 1972 masterpiece, The Godfather.
2: And the promises that the deal is so good that we can't refuse, hey.
1: Mammon and Scott Kahn formed a group in 1991 called the Hooligans. Kahn took the name Mad Skills and Mammon rapped under the name Mudfoot. On frequent trips to the Los Angeles neighborhood of Venice, they'd visit with evidence whose neighbor just so happened to be a music producer, Quincy Jones III, a.k.a. QD3. Here's Mammon again. At the time, Venice was pretty gang related.
2: So if you went the wrong way, if you went to the left, you were in Oakwood projects, one block, you would get pulled out of your car. It was dangerous. If you went right the other way, it was kind of okay. And he, he, Evidence lived right there for his mom. Next door to Evidence's mom was this guy, had long dreads, had a pit bull, had a real hot girlfriend, smoked weed and made beats. He was like the coolest guy. We're like, damn, this guy's the coolest guy ever. He was QD3, which is Quincy Jones' son. He lived next door to Evidence and made beats. Evidence brought me and Scott over there. So this was like my first experience watching someone make a beat from scratch. Quincy took a liking to us and we developed our demo together with Quincy. Me and Scott, Quincy became our producer.
1: This was around the time the Hooligans were invited to join the Soul Assassin's Collective. Featuring Funk Dubious. <laughs> Ain't House of Pain and and Cypress Hill. The hooligans toured with Soul Assassins while promoting their debut single, Put Your Hands Up. It's worth noting that Mammon was only 15 years old at the time. Most of us were still negotiating curfews with our moms at 15. Mammon already showed interest in music production in QD3's studio. Eventually, the leader of Soul Assassins, DJ Muggs, began to mentor a teenage man -man.
2: I went from being b reals little homie working in his garage, here comes Muggs, the producer for Cypress Hill, took a liking to me now. I think he noticed that I was really like, my energy and I was really excited and I wasn't gonna give up after the, the Hooligans album really never came out and didn't amount to anything. So he started coming over there and was like, what's going on back here, little homie? And he would see me making beats, and he started bringing his machine, and a couple days he was like, I'm going to make some beats over here with you.
1: By this point, Mammon started going by the moniker he uses to this day, The Alchemist. Muggs introduced him to a group that would change the course of his career, the infamous Mob Deep, who, by the way, you can learn more about in an earlier episode of this podcast. Alchemist hit it off with Prodigy and Havoc and scored two placements on Mob Deep's 1999 full-length album, Murder Music. The next year, Alchemist crafted four beats for Prodigy's solo debut, HNIC, including the memorable lead single, Keep It
0: Thorough.
1: For a particular stripe of hip-hop fan, Keep It Thorough is one of the gems of late 90s rap. Its staccato piano riff is instantly recognizable. Its drums are as hard as bricks, but still manage to not overpower the composition. And for most anybody who rapped at the time, its instrumental was a must have for freestyle ciphers. Any mixtape or radio DJ worth their weight in cassette tapes knew this was the beat to play when they had an audience with their favorite rapper.
2: I then job. in 2001
1: alchemist did it again this time with the lush instrumental for jada kisses we gonna make it, we don't make
2: it. We, we, we,
1: throughout the 2000s Alchemist enjoyed steady production placements and even self-produced two of his own albums, First Infantry and Chemical Warfare. As any artist feels from time to time, he also struggled with the lack of inspiration and a feeling that his beats were simply treading water. So in 2007, he embarked on his first full-length production for another artist. Prodigy and Alchemist released Return of the Mac to rapturous acclaim from their fans. This...
2: Alchemist,
1: Alchemist says this was an extremely important step in his career since it led him on a trajectory that he remains on to this very day.
2: That was also, I'd like to say, one of the first times that I was able to produce a whole project outside of my own album where I could prove myself. Because at that time, when me and Prodigy did Return of the Mac. We had just come off of the Mob Deep G Unit album. It didn't totally work. It worked, but it didn't totally work. And I remember sitting in the studio, me and Prodigy, and he was like, "Man, I need to show Pete. We, we need to show Fifty. We need to show everyone. We 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 still got this." Because I felt like we kind of did it the G Unit Fifty way for the album on G Unit, and that, and both P and I felt like we needed some revenge on the streets. So we were talking about, yo,
1: remember he used to wear that old gold Mac? He used to wear this gold Mac-10. And we were like, hey, let's return to that era, return to the Mac. Even with the release of his second solo album in 2009, Chemical Warfare, Alchemist still felt like there was something missing in his productions. This led him to work with a rising talent from New Orleans one of the few rappers who had once been affiliated with both the city's biggest rap labels, No Limit and Cash Money. He goes by the name of Currency. Uh, Alchemist credits working on the excellent full-length album he created with Currency, Covert Coup, as taking him in a whole new direction, even from his career breakthrough, Keep It Thorough, and help chart the course for the next 15 years of his career.
2: I think I got trapped in New York trying to create a certain sound. Once I got to LA and built a studio, I started feeling in some way freer. Right around that time was when I linked with Currency. We came to LA, we started working. Long story short, we turned in one session until he stayed in L.A. and we made a whole project, which became Cobra Coop. To make a long story short, the label thing just didn't work out. And he wanted to put the album out for free. And I was like real scared at the time. I just had never done anything like that. One thing about that album, though, was I didn't hold back specifically. I remember when we linked, it was a new relationship and I didn't know him that well. But I felt like I got to give him the best beats I got right now. I can't hold back.
1: The work of The Alchemist played a big part in my own foray in the hip-hop production. When I was a teenager, I was looping samples in the digital audio workstation, Acid 2.0. Even before that, I checked the liner notes of albums to see what songs were being sampled and which producers made the beats I liked. Those raps and beats from my teenage years are hopefully lost in the digital ether, never to return. Later, in my mid 20s, I began to make beats regularly and ended up linking with Philly rapper Zilla Rocka through our mutual friend, dubbing ourselves the Five O'Clock Shadow Boxers. There are some clear nods to the Alchemist in my production for our first project, The Slow Twilight. The clearest being when I lifted one of his sample drum brakes rather than the original source. Uh, uh, uh,
0: Bring my keys in, bitch.
1: A sample of a sample. But you know what they say, no idea's original.
0: No idea's original.
2: There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do, but how it's done.
1: Five o'clock shadow boxers had to change our name for legal reasons. So we became Zilla Rocca and the shadow boxers. In any case, we released several projects, but by the time of the 2014 release of the expanded group's second album, I was already deepening my craft as a writer. Along with a host of other reasons far too personal to divulge here, I eventually put away my modest beatmaking setup. At this time, I thought this was going to be for good.
0: Everything's the same. Everything's changed. My pockets still empty. My hairs turning gray. The pelts men effect. The safer that you feel, the more dangerous
1: you get. As my craft of writing turned into a full-on career, I realized I needed an artistic pursuit that existed purely for my creative satisfaction. I needed to do something for the love of doing it rather than turning it into a product. So I tried a few different things. The only thing that really stuck was my growing interest in tarot. Fast forward to 2021, let's just say I was deep into my 30s. I bought a sampler pad on the cheap from a rapper I'm cool with, a slightly battered MPC Live. Instead of actually making music, I just thought about it a lot and allowed the sampler to gather dust. I summoned many ideas about where I wanted to take my sound as a beat maker, but it was all purely conceptual, and I was still unmotivated to actually chase those concepts down. Then I found out about this online course from a company called All Art, and a segment of their masterclass series was taught by my favorite producer, currently making beats. Yes, my friend, I learned beat making from the Alchemist, and yeah, it was pretty dope. Don't hurt me
2: again. Uh, don't hurt me again.
1: Since hitting a new stride with currency on Covert Coup, Alchemist went on a tear. He cultivated relationships with an emerging generation of massive talents, producing full albums for acclaimed artists like Boldy James. When I be on the
0: west side, niggas know that I rotate with personal. industries is what keeps us, so don't take it personal.
1: Arm & Hammer. Blow
0: that horn fast,
2: we bend back
1: Rock Marciano.
2: And if we being frank, I create this lane. If you hatin' to eat a frank, it can go either way. I will not turn you away if you need a fade.
1: And Earl sweatshirt, just to name a few.
0: Focus steady and unbroken. I was resting on the low end.
1: Alchemist says collaboration boils down to how he connects with other artists. This studio has never been a studio you can book. It's always been my own studio that is like
2: open to people who I feel are creative and we all work off the clock, let's
1: say. So that environment, I think. Is an environment that always I felt gave me a, an advantage. One of the things that makes The Alchemist a top notch producer is his willingness to fit his music to the artist he's working with. Great rap producers are like great tailors in a way. They have a distinctive style, but they never let it get in the way of what feels best to their collaborator. Much of The Alchemist's masterclass relates to technical aspects of production, how he uses samplers of choice. Tips on recording and mixing, even some pointers on DJing. He also offered a wealth of insight on less technical aspects of production, creativity, originality, things that apply to any artistic practice. Whatever machine you use is really irrelevant. Just make it sing and be expressive with it. I have friends who use calculator drum machines. He offers anecdotes about digging through record crates all over the world. And we were in a record store. And still finding records we've never seen before that are amazing
2: from the 70s. it's, It's been sitting here all these years. It just blows my mind how much stuff there are. I mean, we literally,
1: I slept in the record store just to show you how dedicated we still are. One of the most usable takeaways for any aspiring producer, Alchemist gives sound examples on how to brand your production work and monetizing off of that brand. You focus on one stream, it's tough. And if you know, you're
2: gonna have to change your style to cater to whatever is current. Nowadays, you have a world where we put music out, which is streamed, and a lot of it is barely monetized at all or in such small increments. I think rap music and what we do is bigger than it ever was. So the popularity you gain from being somebody that people like, there are so many ways
1: that you can make money. It's hard to boil a five hour class down to its finest points. But what I can say is, I never expected to rekindle the flame of hip hop production from an online session. This was just supposed to be a fun segment, a kooky idea to explore a half century of hip hop in a different way from our other episodes. But hearing Alchemist give such good instruction from top to bottom on the ins and outs of his production was truly inspiring. Always work from your heart. Always remember
2: the feeling that you got when you were young, before
1: the music, which may inevitably inevitably become your job. The results of my renewed inspiration remain to be seen. I have a couple works in progress, an idea of this new direction I spoke of, and a list of potential samples. Immersing myself as a student of Alchemist rather than a mere listener led me to something more than I had initially imagined when I started it. You know, if, if you got anything out of this, just know the feeling
2: is mutual. Make something amazing. Make your mark in this world, man, and, and
1: continue on with the greatness. Keep at it, man. Salute. Big shout out to you, Alchemist. Thanks for the class.
0: This piece was written by Martin Douglas. Audio was produced by Roddy Nickpore. Our podcast manager is Isabel Khalili. I'm Larry Mizell Jr. We just got a few years left to cover, y'all. 1978, 2011, 1974, 2022. And then, well, then we got to start making the next 50 years happen. For now, keep it locked on 50 Years of Hip Hop. From listener-powered KEXP, where the music matters.